Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is your boy, King Troy, delivering on the message for today, which is, um, which is for the people that are uh, accusing, it's for the accuser, and for the accused. So they can have proper access to defend themselves against their accuser. There's only one accuser, first of all, and that is the devil. His name in the Bible is called the accuser. Because all he want to do is point out how what you did wrong is going to piss God off and how you're going to die and how God's going to kill you and get you and murder you and whatever else he's he's constantly telling you why you shouldn't love god like he loves you well the terrible part about this is that god loves you anyway and uh for the devil to lie to you about what god is going to do to you is uh quite exceptional it's quite uh impossible uh for you to walk away with that information in your mind and still think of God as the loving God in which the Bible describes him as. So I'm here to clear up the uh, the few things that need to be cleared up, the air that needs to be renewed uh, for God's people. Um, some people think I have a message that is not for them. Uh, they feel they have uh, uh, some kind of superior message to the one God gave me. Well, no message is above any other message, first of all. But I guarantee you, if there is a message that's winning, it will be mine. And this is why, because as you know, the Bible is uh, not only Genesis to Revelations, the Old and the New Testament. Uh, but it is uh, also a living in a, in a written word. Well, my, my testimony comes from the living word. Some people only know that the living word is Christ orientated uh, or talking about Christ or Christ's word. And it, that has nothing to do with uh, anyone outside of Christ. Um, he is the living word and that's it. And that's, that's really not the case. Um, the Bible doesn't say any such thing. It says that God is able to communicate to us, has communicated to us, in part through Jesus Christ being a part of the living word. But we see the living word every day. Let me, let me give you the definition clearly of what the living word really is. The living word is, uh, and then I'll move on with what I was saying. The living word is whatever happens in your life, your circumstances, your happenings as the day goes by, that pressures you to believe in what is written. Say it again. The living word pressures, it should pressure or emphasize the written word that you read. In other words, you're not believing by blind faith always you will eventually have what you call proof 
of the faith that you have in Christ. That proof becomes the living word. I hope I'm making a little bit of sense. The word is only unliving. It was always living, but the, the, the word is... The, the Bible and the words it speaks and the stories it tells is only unliving and untruth to those who call it untruth, okay? It doesn't even hold weight over the truth. The fact that whether you believe heaven or hell exists has nothing to do with its, its existence, okay? It does have the power to put you in or out of one or the other, but your faith or lack of faith cannot change what's, what actually is. I hope I'm making a little bit of sense. If you decide not to wear a jacket today, that's not going to determine whether it rains or whether the sun comes out. The, the one or the other is going to happen. Now, in, in between that, you can decide what side of the ladder you're going to fall on. Are you going to be safe or are you going to be unsafe? Are you going to get wet or are you not going to get wet? Are you going to be hot or are you not going to be hot? Or whatever you want to definitize or make a definition for of that same example of the fact that you as it compares to the living word you can read about things that were happenings that things that happened in life first and then they became stories in the bible but everything is the living word uh, i hope i'm making myself clear so to be able to say that in just that way, I can now move on and say that the reason why my testimony and the testimony of my wife uh, is so important is because every single thing that we've learned is an example or was pulled from uh, the living word given to us by example like God does with his prophets in the Bible. He oftentimes doesn't tell them to sit and listen to a sermon that he has to preach. He actually tells them to go get up, put the book down, whatever uh, scriptural reading that they have, and tells them he would rather show them better than he can tell them. Well, that's showing when God shows you the reality that the Bible is real, and he shows you and gives you your own testimony and the, and the story picks up off the page and becomes reality to you, then it becomes the living word. It is no longer the written word. And that is what my wife and I have to say to you is, is things that we've seen with our own eyes. Things that we know. Things that we know to be the truth and we don't think anything. We are victims of our circumstance, if you will. Your faith will only go so far as your proof. At some point, you will need proof to be able to really hold on to faith and to be able to really mold faith into all that it is meant to be. And then your faith that emphasizes you to do certain things will become stronger as you see the proof for yourself. First faith my wife and I had, and then proof my wife and I had. But there was some sort of kind of proof there for us to have faith. It was a little bit of proof. There's a little bit of proof, 
or or a reason to believe in the very beginning. But if you want to know the truth, uh, you know that you know the truth when the truth actually does set you free. Remember, the truth is supposed to set you free from the law of sin and death. It's supposed to mold you into a kind of a person that is fearless for the Lord. So it sets you free from fear. It doesn't put you in fear. It actually sets you free of fear. And that's what that scripture means. It sets you free of fear of judgment. So why let somebody judge you? After all, the devil is the accuser that we're talking about here. Whoever's judging you is allowing the devil to use them. Me and, me and my wife don't judge anybody. That's not our job. We are here to help God's people and that's it. And occasionally, when I get pissed off enough, I have defended God's people with even with cuss words. Because I am a human being that has made a dramatic impact on God's people. Human being, meaning that I'm imperfect in all of my ways. Not some of them. All of them. I want you to understand the scripture that tells you that this is capable of being possible and still... I am capable of conducting the Lord's business at the same time through my cuss words, past my cuss words, past my outbursts, past my imperfections. It's caught up in Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. It says very clearly that God says very clearly through his son Jesus Christ, be perfect as God is perfect. But Matthew 5.48 is a therefore statement, meaning that something came before that that we should pay attention to to get the full understanding that is due to God's people when he says and uses the word perfection. Perfection in the sense that we think of it is not true. It's not real. It's not possible for us to be sin free. As long as we are in the flesh, the spirit will remain willing while the flesh will remain weak. The goal is to actually defeat the passing over into the spirit what the flesh has brought about the flesh act of Adam and Eve biting the apple and I'll, and I'll go get back to Matthew but I want to step to the side for a minute going back to Genesis there was a physical action that caused spiritual effects very personal effects which is what you call somebody's belongings that the police takes from them when they're arresting them Personal effects. But right now we're talking about a different personal effect. There's a personal effect that happened to the spirit 
when Adam and Eve sinned in the flesh. That's the crossing over that I'm talking about. The crossing over of sin into the flesh, I mean into the spirit, from the flesh has been known from the beginning. There is a way to transfer the curse of the flesh into the spiritual realm, but there's also a way to fix the flesh through the spirit without curing every disease in the flesh. There's a way to give you heaven above and beyond and regardless and in spite of your imperfections. And I want you to understand that that's my whole point for this message. To shake the devil until he just leaves God's people alone about this message. I want to shake the devil inside of your mind that is bothering you about smoking or drinking or watching pornography or cussing or um, listening to the uh, gangster music or um, sometimes yelling at your mom or and so forth. You know, these are things that we're going to do. These are things that God's chosen people will constantly see themselves falling victim to. But you are not counted out of heaven just because you sin. Every one, the Bible says, falls short of the glory of God because you're not God. You will continue to fall short. If you don't believe me, Jesus was carrying a cross and even though Jesus was God in the flesh, he fell down. That's your proof right there. Imperfections exist on this side of your soul. But your soul, like Jesus' soul, can still have the full victory. Jesus is not imperfect because he fell down. But he is human because he fell down. Okay? The difference is between us and our sins and his fall down is nothing. It's nothing of a difference. It's an imperfection because that's the word we're talking about. So if he had imperfections, like falling down, that is an imperfection, okay, of the flesh, which is where it's going to be found. But Jesus was completely blemish free in the spirit without sin. Therefore, without death. Therefore, with resurrection that had to come, as the Bible says, the grave was, it was impossible for the grave to hold him because he knew no sin and or he did no sin in his spirit. He knew no imperfection in his spirit, but his fall on that ground was evidence that he was imperfect in his flesh. We all are. And we all will continue to be. So back to Matthew. It says it very clearly in the two scriptures just before Matthew 5.48. Let's start at Matthew 5.46. Jesus is saying something to his people to keep the accuser away from them. From giving you doubts which will just 
curse your faith to hell if you let it. When you sin, you don't sin out of heaven. There's no, it's impossible for you to sin out of heaven. Sin or sin yourself out of heaven. It's, that, that part is impossible. That's the lie that the devil is telling you. You can't do that now that Christ has come. That's the power of Christ. You can continue, I am telling you, you can continue to sin and still be found perfect. You can continue to sin and still get into heaven. How do I know this? Because it's about a proper understanding of Matthew 5.46 down through to 5.48. Jesus says in these exact words in Matthew 5.46, What extra credit will you have from my Heavenly Father, from your Heavenly Father, from all of our Heavenly Father God, if we just love those who love us back, what extra credit do we have? If we do just that thing that the, even the tax collectors do, Jesus said. The reason why he brought about tax collectors is because, or brought them up, is because everybody knows that God is against tax collecting. But he said it does not offer you any extra credit from God. The extra credit he's talking about is the blessing of heaven. Heaven is an extra credit. Heaven is an extra step that God is taking for you, doing a small thing in light of what he's given you to do it. It's a small thing. It's like your parent taking um, and saying, hey, if you pick up your sock in your room and pick up your couple of t-shirts, I'll buy you a Maserati. Well, that Maserati will never, ever uh, equal out to that sock that you picked up, okay? There is no comparison between the two. No sock that you pick up, I don't care if it's gold or diamonds on it, it's worth you getting a Maserati from your mom. Matter of fact, you should be cleaning your room by yourself for no reward at all, just to be a clean person. Cleanliness is next to godliness. But for my sake of my example... If your mother gives you that, it's just like God giving you heaven for what he's asking you to do. What he's asking you is a small thing compared to what he's giving you in return. That small thing, folks, is not anything to do with the imperfections that we have. It is nothing to do with your smoking, your drinking, you are watching naked women on TV. Can, can I be honest with you? Can I be very, very honest with you? Your wife already knows that you desire other women. Even while you're making love to her. She knows, no matter how you can test against it, that you are a dog by nature. A man is a dog by nature. You don't believe me? I'll give you some great proof. God said. God said this now. That a man will fall seven times a day. Five times is you looking at other women. 
five of them are wrapped up each and every day. We look at other women at least five times. We think about having sex with another woman at least five times. We admire, we admonish a woman at least five times. That is not our wife. Okay, God showed me this amazing secret that nobody is not is ever gonna be sin free in that department. So a man looks onto a woman to lust for her. He has already committed adultery in his heart. In his heart, he has committed adultery. Okay, so Pastor Mike, talking to myself now. You asked me, Pastor Mike, what is it that, for those who don't know, my rap name is King Troy. My wife's rap and song name, when we do music for the Lord, is Mrs. Queen Troy, or Asa, A-S-A, the beautiful fish. Uh, together, our group name is Queen Troy. No Mrs., no Mr., no none of that. Um, but sometimes, people just call me Pastor Mike. Because I am a pastor also. So you may say to me, hey, Pastor Mike, you just said that the spirit cannot be overcome by the flesh. No, I didn't. I said the spirit is overcome by the flesh at least five times a day. But you can overcome the flesh with the spirit just like the flesh overcame the spirit. The spirit can overcome the flesh. It can, in other words, you have nothing, no control over you falling seven times. What you do have control over is being forgiven for falling. Jesus is telling you in Matthew 5, 46 through 5. 48. He's telling you the same thing, hollering it at the top of his lungs. The same thing Matthew 7, 1 says. For another example, for another reference. He's telling you the same thing that the whole Bible says, if you read it correctly. That we're all going to heaven because God forgave us out of his own kindness in his heart. He, he wasn't forced he didn't have to. There was no big deal if we didn't make it in concerning his Godhead. He would still be God Almighty without us. The Bible says that he can raise up children to Adam from a rock. God could have remade humankind all over again like he made Adam to begin with. But no, he chose to save. And forgive those who forgive others. Matthew 7, 1. I quote, forgive and thou will be forgiven. Back to Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect as I am perfect. Jesus just before saying that says, what extra credit do you have if you just love those who love you back? He says even the tax collectors do that in Matthew 547 and then finally in 548 he says so therefore be perfect as I am perfect perfection of what pastor Mike is he talking about the flesh anymore no he's not he's talking about the spirit 
talking about love. Love. Who are you loving? Who are you loving? Those that just love you? It's not enough, God said. That's not enough because why? Because even the tax collectors do that. The ones that God has deemed against the grain of ever having any chance of coming into heaven. In order to get into heaven, you must forgive someone for all of their wrongs unto you. Just like Jesus on the cross. While they were hanging him on a cross, people, he did not yell to the Father God that they be destroyed. He yelled to the Father God that they be forgiven. Forgiveness is the answer to everything. It's the answer to the Ten Laws in the Ten Commandments that were broken. We broke all of the laws, y'all. Every last one of them, either I did, or my wife did, or you did, or your wife, or your kids, or your son. Every single day we break all of the Ten Commandments all over again. Every day. As a human family, as a connective unit. We are not three trillion people on earth, we are one. We all came from and were born into iniquity and shaped in sin. From our forefathers, Adam and Eve, we received a curse. Only Jesus can reverse. Only Jesus is willing to forgive you when nobody else will. Understand that. This, the devil wants you to believe that you're not good enough when God already said he knows that and he accepts you just the way you are. So why are you letting him judge you? Why are you letting the devil judge you? His name is the accuser. Type that on your smartphone, people. Type in the accuser. See if the devil don't pop up. See if the scripture that talks about and tells you who God is talking about right there doesn't pop up on the screen. It's going to pop up. Pastor Mike knows the Bible very well. But again, I learned, my wife learned scripture without even reading it. But we saw life unfold before us. And tell us the truth, which is the living word. We surrender our efforts to try to be perfect anymore, any longer. We surrender our attempts to win God's grace, which cannot be deserved or in or earned. What we do is we don't obey law, we obey love. What we call Jesus is not Jesus or Christ, we call him love for your enemy, above your friend. The one that does you wrong is the one that God is focused on the most. As when he's giving you a grade on how your love meets or doesn't meet the requirement that Jesus is talking about. Matthew 5, 46-548. This is your key. Me and my wife are your righteous servants. 
But we are also kings and queens in God's eyesight that have been called to rule in this message. We rule over you in this message. God has placed us as the cornerstones of this message. On the earth today, there is no one that has this message better than us. There is no one that has this message clearer than us. There is no one that has this message at all but us. Because either you have the whole message or you don't have any of it at all. If you miss one little thing in this message we're giving you, it's all bad. That one little thing is forgive. So you can be forgiven. But it's not being preached in the way that people need to preach it good enough for you that you need and can understand it perfectly when Jesus and what he's talking about when he says be perfect. You do have to be perfect in order to go to heaven. In love, you got to be perfect in love. How do you per? How are you perfect in love? How would this come about? If there is no one that is perfect upon the earth, if even Jesus fell down with the cross, showing you that he is susceptible to imperfections, it doesn't have to be a sin. An imperfection is an imperfection. It's an imperfection is a type of sin or excuse me a sin is a type of imperfection but imperfection is something that God is not supposed to have anything to do with right he's perfect right right until he got off of the throne and came down and became Jesus the Christ then he became imperfect so that you can become perfect once again folks understand your imperfection uh, battle was lost in the Garden of Eden before you were ever born. God is willing to give you perfection back. He's going to tip the grade in the favor of an A+, plus, even though you only get a D- minus on earth. You can't go any higher. Your D- minus is to forgive so you can be forgiven. You're going to fail every day. You keep on forgiving. You keep on living a life that's worthy of Christ forgiving you. Because you forgive. Do you understand where I'm going with this message? Do you understand that you, even though you stop smoking, that you may still have another problem in the corner? Now it may be drinking that you got to get over. Now it may be cussing that you got to get over. Do you understand that even Christ had imperfections in his flesh and you will continue to have them until you die? Do you understand that God doesn't really care about your body? He cares about your spirit. And he's willing to give you a new body called a heavenly body. The Bible says as a seed must die for the plant, the beautiful rose to come forward. Okay. I'm, I'm saying rose. It doesn't say rose. I'm saying rose. Because I like the way I said better. But he says unless the seed dies, how can the plant grow? The body's going to die. It's done. It's over with. He's not here. Jesus didn't come to say the body. He came to say your spirit. He's going to give you a whole new body. Because this body is done. It's over with. 
It's susceptible to sin and it's going to be susceptible to sin. And or, in Jesus' case, it wasn't susceptible to sin, it was susceptible to imperfections. But as the Bible says, he was tested on every, in every way that we are tested. It says God doesn't tempt anybody, okay, but the devil tempts them from the inside. And they are tempted by the desires of their own heart and so forth. It says all of that, right? But then Jesus was tempted by the devil, which he was also tempted from the inside. He was tempted from the outside. He was tempted like you were tempted. He became human like you were human. And he remained without, he remained without acting upon sin. He and the body was able to be acted upon, but he never acted upon and back in response to sin. I want you guys to stop responding to your accuser. He has no power here. He has been defeated on the cross. And this is how. When Jesus died on the cross, you, me, and everyone else's imperfection on the face of the planet that have ever lived and will ever live, we, our imperfections, died with him. He became, he, he represents the whole human family. He took your spot. He took your place so you can be free, so you can live. You either believe that or not. So quit beating yourself up as long as you have faith that he did that. You're fine. But before you get all happy-go-lucky about that, let me tell you, there is a way to prove if you have faith or not. If your faith is genuine or not. Jesus says, faith without works is dead. So then now back to the flesh. See how they work back and forth with each other? See how the one piggybacks off of the other one? Okay. Flesh and spirit, spirit and flesh. They are separate, but they have the ability to act upon one another. One does not need to be perfect to go to heaven anymore now that Christ has died. But one does need to be forgiving enough to be forgiven now that Christ has died. If he didn't die, you would still have to pay the price for your sins, even for the sins of Adam and Eve, your forefathers, your ancestors. Even though we weren't there, we were born in a sin because we come through their family line. We were shaped in iniquity because we come in their family line. God put a curse on them and their whole family that they would have. From that point on, because of what they did, we inherit the curse as we are born through the same human family. But God saved all of humanity by allowing Christ to be born in the same family, a perfect sacrifice for the entire world God said it's a respect issue now it's not a matter of can you cut the mustard of a 
never breaking his laws again now the crisis came that's not, that's not why Christ died then okay well why is everybody still sinning okay so if it doesn't mean that then what does it mean it means that God has opened up the door for you to allow Christ into your mind now instead of the, the accuser. When you begin to be accused, you are supposed to think about the one who paid the price for you. When the devil says, hey, you're going to go to jail, son. Hey, you're going to go to jail, girl. Hey, you're gonna go to jail, man. You're gonna you're gonna go to jail, woman. Hey, you're gonna go to jail, pastor. God's gonna get you. You're a pastor. You can't cuss. You can't watch porn. You can't. You're a pastor. You know what I tell him? The truth that set me free from the accuser that they allow to use their tongue to curse me. I tell them, even though I curse, even though occasionally I watch pornography, even though occasionally I get angry and I sin in my anger, as the Bible says, be angry but do not sin, I break all of the laws in the Ten Commandments every day. Me alone. So how do I have this impact, this effect that I have on people? Well, because all of my imperfections, every last one of them, have less power collectively than that one act of me remembering and having faith in my Lord. My Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, faith without works is dead. So what is the work that I show about this matter? That what verifies my faith that I have? What solidifies it in the eyes of God? What makes me comfortable and gives me this complete, perfect peace? There's that word perfect again. Perfect peace. What is perfect peace on earth? It, does it exist, or is that another uh, misconception that we have? Yes. It's another, imperf- it's another misconception that we have. When he says that God will give you perfect, when the Bible says God will give you perfect peace, he means peace through the storm. Enough to calm down and come back into the right mindset. Because you will get out of the right mindset, and that is your perfect peace. Peace. A peace that can, not a peace that cannot be interrupted, but a peace that will quickly change its mind back to itself whenever threatened to change, whenever pressured to become worried. One remembers his faith. Um, Jesus did this too as he was in the flesh. He prayed, Father, hey, take this cup away from me. Sweating, dripping blood, all that. 
Read your Bible, folks. Jesus fell victim to the flesh on, in, the, in the realm of imperfection, not of sin, but imperfection, showing his human nature. Showing that he was one of us. He had to become one of us to die for us and take our place. Only one of us could do it. But he was the only one who could do it. Perfectly. Without any sin in his spirit. Without any sin in his flesh. But the imperfection of him stressing Stressing is of the flesh. Stressing is not of the spirit, it's of the flesh. Faith is of the spirit. Fear is of the devil. So you say, even Christ was afraid. The devil has a door that he went through to even get to the Christ. In his mindset, the mind and the spirit are not the same, exactly the same. They are a lot to do with each other. But your thoughts can be all chipped out. You can be distracted. You can be distracted, but not be detained. By your thoughts. Jesus got distracted for a moment, but he wasn't detained. Detained is something holding you against your will. Detained is when you say, I'm walking up out of here. When somebody puts the handcuffs back on you and say, you ain't going nowhere. You're detained. You could be distracted by a cop who comes up to you, for example, and says, hey, we got a couple of questions for you. But you're not yet detained until they flip and bust out them handcuffs and put you in the back seat, or maybe they may sit you on the porch. We want to keep from being detained, keep from being held up against our will concerning fear. It will happen, but it should last for a moment. Distractions will come, but they should flee quickly. When we remember our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I want to end with a special song. I, I hope that you guys receive this message again. The two scriptures we talked about today was Matthew 7, 1. And Matthew 5, chapter 5, verse 46 through 48. The other, the other scriptures we just kind of paraphrased and stuff like that. I didn't tell you the real actual verses and uh, things like that. But I know the Bible well. Learn the Bible outside with the living word. That confirms what's written on the page. And again, we wrap all of our message into a five-second message. It says, love your enemy better than you love your friend, and God will let you in. Because it's no sin above this kind of love. That talks about Christ and I didn't even have to bring up his name before there was a name given to the Lord Jesus Christ as a baby his name was love before God 
told his people what his name was. His name was always love. First, second, and third. Whatever words his many names encapsulates. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nishi, Jehovah all that. All of them take second when it comes to love. So that's all me and my wife preaching, and we know we are talking about this, this individual that died for you, me, and every sinner in the sea. That he may toss our deadliest sins into the sea of forgiveness and forgive us because we forgave. I want to be very, very, very specific with this next example, and then I will get to the music, a wonderful song that I prepare for you guys. But marriage is on our number one list, okay? It's number one on the list of things that we've helped people with in our ministry, me and my beautiful wife, Susan, Mrs. Susan Caldwell who I love to the death, who I will always love with my every last breath. When I'm dying, I just want her to know that she can have every part on my body. I will not be saying, help me, I will be saying, help you. I will be telling her her fulfilling the fulfilling arguments that will fulfill her after I'm gone. I will be focused on my wife until the day that I die. She is who God gave me to give you this message. And I thank her for that up to my life, up to my heart of hearts and all my body parts. I love my wife to death. And even though our marriage was very much tested, it was tested for a great reason and for a good cause. Unto the saving of God's people. Yeah, the devil knew that my wife was going to bring me to the Lord, and the devil knew that I was going to become a famous gospel rapper, poet, singer, all this stuff on YouTube, Facebook, and everything. He knew we were gonna eventually start getting rides from the police like taxi, get our motel to Marriott pay for by the FBI. He knew we were gonna go from rags to riches, and we were still gonna be able to get our stuff paid for all day long, eat for free, drink for free, have shoes, clothing, uh, hats, uh, 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 wardrobes, uh, cars, uh, things given to us by everybody, including the people in Congress and in our government for free. Once we started telling you this powerful message, once we became the power of God unto salvation, there was no stopping us. The devil knew that our name, our fame were the same from the beginning. He knew that we were Michael, the archangel in the flesh. One angel made into two individuals. To bring about the real definition 
of our name. Michael meaning the power of God. To emulate that power by allowing Satan to have the victory, so he thought, over our marriage, so that we can continue to bounce back time after time after time after time after time to give you the message so wonderfully put in Malachi 2.16 that God doesn't just dislike, he doesn't just discount, he doesn't just disapprove of, he hates. Divorce. God hates divorce. No matter even if your wife or your husband steps away from having a loyalty to you when it comes to the bedroom. That is your time to shine, folks. Not for them, only as your time to shine for God. This is the moment that I've been waiting for, God says. What will my son and my daughter do at this moment? I'm giving them clear permission in the New Testament to go and get a divorce if they so choose. But will they really forget that I forgave them so that they can forgive others of their most deadliest sins, their most hurtful imperfections, such as being cheated on. I know what the feeling is like. My wife and I have been through so much to give you this message because we were chosen as the ones to give it to you with everything that we love in our body, in our soul, and in our mind. Everything that we appreciate about God that died for us has been distributed in our marriage for what we have done for one another. Folks, we are what I told you that brought me such great faith. We are the living word that Christ does rule, that love does overcome everything, that love is only made perfect, perfect in the heart of danger. When it comes time to jump in front of that train and push someone out of the way and risk your body, this will prove the love that you have for that individual, but it will prove the size, the depth, and the height of your love for God at the same time. You ever wonder why it was a cross that Jesus was hung on? Because the upward relationship that you have with God is usually demonstrated by the outward relationship that you have with man. God is weighing you on a balance. Young people, older people, middle-aged people, everybody. He's given us an opportunity to forgive in a way that we need forgiveness from Him. Don't we all need big forgiveness? Don't we, haven't we all been accused by God this time, not, of the, not the devil, but by God 
Doesn't God call his people time and time again after they sin in the Bible? Doesn't he call them the harlot that returned to their false God and their false ways and their false worship? When we sin, that's what we become. We become a prostitute that's cheating on God, our uh, provider, our uh, caretaker. Our husband, if you will. God is telling us that we are the bride of Christ. We are the church because he is the husband. He is the provider. He is our all in all. But when we step away to another God, when we step away to another belief, when we step away to another obedience, to another, it could be ourselves. To another counselor, other than God Almighty, then we've just committed adultery against God, our husband, the one who provides everything we need, the one who gave us perfection and we gave it up because we thought we had something better. We didn't have anything better. The devil is also known as, and his other name is the master of deception. We were deceived. How long will we continue to be deceived in this department that God wants us to remember while he's telling us we have the right to get a divorce in the New Testament? He wants us to remember that Jesus is an example to us of what we should do in those situations where we've been cheated on in any kind of way by our spouse, okay? Jesus is the example. When it feels like your wife or your husband is hanging you on a cross by the person that they slept with and got naked for and I mean, did everything you know them to do in the bedroom, that's really what hurt you. <laughs> That's really why I don't mean to laugh, but I do. That's really what hit you in your soul. You like, you was twerking for this person. You really did this and that. You put your mouth on his thing. You put your uh, lips on that lady's booty. Your wife is saying to you and all whatever. The, hurt, the most hurtful part about cheating is the fact that you know you got a good thing. Until it goes all bad. When, when your loving gets given to somebody else. We don't like it. We don't love it. But God's praise. Is given to somebody else. When we sin. We need to understand that we are. Putting God in that same box. Of uh, hurtfulness. God hurts like that. When we sin folks. He hurts like that. When Adam and Eve. From the garden on the way up to today. God hurts. One of the many powers that me and my wife have as being Michael the Archangel in the flesh is we feel God's pain. We feel how hurt he really is when people sin and do wrong. But we also know that God wanted an opportunity to die for those that were behind enemy lines 
doing everything the enemy wanted them to do so that God's love can be made perfect in the spirit and not in the flesh. His love for his enemies that traded sides on him in the garden long ago. On down to us to today, we are the descendants of the enemy of God. All we can do is accept somebody's hurt like Jesus accepted the hurt for us. Accept what somebody's putting us through, cheating on us with, and all whatever else people that have done cold-hearted things like kill our children, murder our babies, X us out all the way, and is still throwing bullets and darts at us each and every day. God said, forgive. Ness is the only thing left that we can do for him to forgive us and put us out of the way of harm, danger anymore. Take us to a place where cheating is not possible. This place called heaven where pain is not possible where tears are no more. The full restoration and better than what we had before because never can it fall again. Never can pride enter into his number one angel where he will become Satan the devil like it is today because pride is being defeated right now as we speak. Each and every time we have an opportunity to put someone else's hurt upon us by accepting them Stand with this person. Stand married to this person after they've cheated on you over and over again. Even though they're doing it every single day when you go to work. Even though they're trying to do it and you're trying to save your marriage and you're trying to do what God wants you to do. You're being forgiven so that you can make sure that God forgives you. You're trying to play that championship card. Our message is for you to keep on playing it and whether you rather you win over your spouse or not. Whether you get returned the favor of a person that may have killed your baby or something, whether they ever treat you nice or not, God is watching. It's a love championship, y'all, because this is how, through the hurt, through the pain, through the real tests of forgiveness, is I'm going to go and get a divorce or is I'm going to stay and work it out in the name of love, which is God. Folks, we ask that you would stop getting divorces and fight for love by remembering that because God is love. He wants you to continue to fight that fight for your spouse. Fight that fight for love and win that fight for love by staying in the fight. That's all you got to do because he's going to count every tear that you cry. He's going to count every bruise that you bump. He's going to turn every lemon that the devil throws at you in your relationship with whoever the enemy happens to be in your life. The hurtful person has to be in your life to give you an opportunity to forgive somebody else in the same way that you need forgiveness from God. Folks, do not miss this. Forgive and thou will be forgiven. Do not get a divorce. <laughs>